Once I could make a version of minestrone soup blindfolded, automatically locating knives, chopping and dicing ingredients, sautéing and stirring. Now I'm in a friend's kitchen, opening cupboards in search of a chopping board while trying to recall whether herbs go in before onions and whether I should include potatoes, cannellini beans or zucchini. Once I could prep the soup while the stereo pumped and I chatted to my husband about the events of the day. Now, as I steel myself for the one year anniversary of his death, I'm unwilling to play music in case it recalls times past. I was warned that this year of firsts is the hardest, Christmas, birthdays, wedding anniversaries. Well, those ones have all passed now. What remains is to commemorate the day of his death. Then I will be in the second year. That should be easier, they say. Whoever they are, whatever they know. Today, though, I've decided I will create a first. I will make soup, something I've not done since Peter died. Outside, a weather event is occurring. Trees stream in unceasing gales and the sea churns to the horizon. Inside, the power has gone off, so there's only a gas cooktop for warmth and occupation. I locate a heavy wood chopping board and a sharp black-handled knife, slice into the first red onion and immediately begin to cry. After Peter died, I kept tears at bay, terrified they would overtake me. I went into overdrive, dealing with the bureaucracy of bereavement and the detritus of sudden and unexpected death. I coped by running a million miles an hour down myriad dead-end streets. I was a dervish from pre-dawn to post-midnight, trying to exhaust myself in the quest for peace. Back then, the only still point came as darkness closed in. I would stumble to the refrigerator, extract a plastic container and transfer its contents into a saucepan. Then I'd stand over the pot, staring into the heating liquid as though it held answers to something, anything. Sometimes that staring was the first time all day that I'd allowed myself to be motionless. After suitable simmer time, I'd transfer my soup of the day into a bowl, sit on our red sofa, and warm my hands. I'd hear my panicked, racing heartbeat, the creak of wooden floorboards as chilly night air entered them, possums skittering along the side fence, wind through the bottle brushes, and the eventual inevitable thrum of rain. It was winter and I was wintry. Eventually I'd become aware of my hot hands and pick up the spoon to sip. Soup is invalid food, meant to heal, and I learnt why. It can't be gobbled or rushed. It requires attention and can burn if eaten without care. So I stopped and paid attention. I'd blow on each mouthful to be sure it was safe. Sniff, see, then eat. And begin again. Blow, look, sip. I never expected anything of food back then, least of all pleasure. I felt guilty about being alive, about being the one who was allowed to keep breathing. I didn't want enjoyment. And yet, soups kept arriving. Through that cold winter and into spring, I was unable to ignore the fact that people wanted me to live, to heal. 
When they couldn't make their wishes heard to my intractable ears, they cooked soup and left it on the doorstep. In the rising vapours, in that silence at day's end, I could smell their care. Their selection of a recipe, the shopping for ingredients, soaking of pulses, reducing of stock, chopping of greens, frying of onions, the blending and boiling. I could taste the wishes and the love. Soup takes time. Grief does too. I wanted to run at grief like it was the enemy, flinging body and soul against it so I could kill it off and be rid of it as soon as possible. I didn't understand that my grief was not to be a separate thing, but that it had to become a part of me. Like soup, grief had to be ingested slowly. Like soup, grief can burn if not handled with respect. Slowing has never come easily to me and neither has sitting still. The soup hour became sacred, a kind of communion with those I loved, and they kept on bringing and bringing it. Every soup was a story and every one was a wish for my recovery. Angela, Peter's dark-eyed niece, made thick, meaty minestrone. She supplied me with it for six months, dropping glass jars on her way to her work as a psychologist. Angela knows about healing and time. My old friend Graham, a corporate titan, brought chicken soup. He'd arrive with vats of it, insisting I'd recover if I'd just take his chicken Jewish penicillin. I learned more about him over soup bowls and the stories of his family meals than I had in our previous 30 years of friendship. My little sister Amanda made potent spiced lentil. She'd alternate with Middle Eastern cauliflower or pumpkin with a kick. Hearty they were, from her heart to mine. She said they were things a sister could bring when nothing could make it better. There were others, soups and friends, so many. Pea and ham, vegetable broth, chicken noodle, leek and potato, Chinese sweet corn, creamy mushroom. I didn't cook a single meal for four months after Peter died. All I ever did in the kitchen was make cups of tea and occasionally steam broccoli to add to a broth. Mostly I just reached into my fridge stash and heated, then sat, stilled by soup. And eventually, I learnt something. While grief chills the spirit, soup warms it. That ritual, the stop for soup between daytime frenzy and the nightly continuation of it, was one of the things that led me back into life. I slowed for soup and focused on gratitude. I reminded myself to give thanks to whoever had provided, and in doing so understood why we call it saying grace. I'd received grace. I'd been fed. People wished me health in body and in soul. People wished me life. Now, as rain teems outside, I see how far I've come. It's soup weather again, and this winter I must look after myself, because I want to live. I do. I want to see more of these wild days, and the breathless calm shimmer of summer evenings, and the pulsing madness of spring blossoms. I want to live. So I will finish chopping these onions. I'll throw them into olive oil with fennel seeds, oregano and some chilli. I'll have cannellini beans and broccoli, but no potato. I'll add spinach and maybe some zucchini too. I will throw it all in, 
and with the alchemy made by flames, it will become soup, soul food. It may not be a famous recipe, but this soup will be my first personal first. It will be a first that I have chosen.